listening to Proof Text, a Glossa House podcast by Dr. T. Michael W. Halcom, Dr. Frederick J. Long, Dr. Mario Melendez, Dr. Jennifer Noonan, and J. M. Smith. Welcome and enjoy. Hello, I'm Fred Long. I want to welcome you to Constituent Marking, and this is a podcast, videocast on of Proof Text on Proof Text. So. We're continuing looking at 1 Corinthians 12, 13. If you're new to this podcast uh, series uh, on constituent marking, this is a type of marking method that I've developed over the years to help navigate the sentence. And down below at the bottom, you can see the uh, legend that will help you to uh, understand the kind of marking that I'm supplying. Again, what I like about this method is that you don't need to change word order and you don't have to rearrange things at all. You uh, just learn some simple rules like single underlining verbs and subjects, putting boxes around conjunctions, and you can see the rest of the marking down below. I'm going to try to walk through this verse as best I can for those of you who are listening so you can kind of visualize what I'm doing. Kegar en eni penevmati a mis pantes is en soma a baptiste themen. We're going to start with that. So one of the first things I do is I put boxes around conjunctions, and I've already done that with ke and gar. Now the ke, I'm going to reconsider this because uh, gar is a post-positive. Um, it, it comes second in, in the sentence. And gar is marked plus strengthening, so it's providing some support for what comes uh, before. And the ke in this situation is going to be an adverbial use. So I'm gonna put a dotted box around ke. I'll um, put a green box on gar since it's a connector conjunction. And then I see any, any, uh, so en, any pnevmati, that's what I see next. Um, and this is a prepositional phrase. I look for where it ends. I see after the penevmati uh, a mis pantes. Now these are nominatives. I know them by form. I recognize them. This is the first person personal pronoun, we, and then the pantes is all. Uh, these agree in gender, number, and case. We all. Um, and so that's the subject. My default when I see nominatives is to single underline them and that usually obtains that, that uh, marking. Um, even if it might be in another construction where it's not technically the subject, it might be in an appositional statement. If it were appositional, we would simply just add an equal sign there, no problem. Now, we don't have apposition, but uh, we do have, in this case, the subject. So now I'm looking for the verb, a baptiste themen, a baptiste themen. I see an augment on the front. And uh, so I'm going to put, I'm just going to cut that off. Uh, that's what's so nice about this method is you can just kind of cut off endings, prefixes, and that kind of stuff. Femen is the uh, ending, first person plural. Uh, this is an aorist passive, indicative from baptizo. Uh, we were baptized. And then I see another prepositional phrase, is en soma, into one body. So, um, this is, uh, is in, takes the, the accusative case. Uh, so you have en soma. 
that's neuter. This could look, you know, nominative, so I might have wanted to single underline it. But remember that neuter, uh, nominative, and accusatives um, look the same. And uh, students, when they're learning this method, they might want to double line, underline that. Um, I see that a lot. But double underlining is preserved for direct objects. This is not a direct object. This is the object of the preposition is. So is and soma is put inside of parentheses. So I would translate this for also in one spirit or perhaps by one spirit, we all were baptized into one body. So these two prepositional phrases are rather interesting because um, they, they, they're stressing different kind of parts of this baptism process um, by or in the realm of one spirit. So there's a singular spirit. And then the directionality of it is um, into the one, one body. So we all are baptized, we're baptized into one body. So, okay, well, this is followed by um, a flourish of, of connectors that are repeated. And I'm gonna put a box around these and, and put them in green. Ita, ita, elenes, ita, dulu, ita, elevtheru, elevtheru. So ita, 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 ita. Now the e part of it uh, is 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 a conditional. Um, it's from e. The te is uh, marking similarity, um, sameness, and here the sameness is grammatical. Now in narratives, sometimes you have a te uh, functioning alone, but it has the discourse function of connecting that extra scene or that extra sentence or description with the broader scene. So te marks similarness, often grammatical, but sometimes discursively. So here we have a flourish of different uh, types of, of groups, uh, Judeans and Greeks, slaves and free persons. And so these are little conditional sentences. These are the protases of a condition. And these then should be put into brackets since they're forming little subordinate clauses. And they're post-placed in relation to the main sentence. So the main sentence, I'm gonna highlight that, is in gray. There's the main sentence. And so these each of these if clauses and we would translate it as um, whether, I think is a good way to do it, like whether Jews, whether Greeks, whether servants, whether free. Each of these, we don't know what the tense is. Um, they're nominative, so they get singular underline. Is this past tense? We were, whether we were Jews, whether we were Greeks, whether we were um, slaves, whether we were free. So is there an implied past tense verb? If so, if there's like an implied past tense, then we have E with the past indicative followed by a aorist indicative, which is a past indicative. And the reason I'm doing thinking about this is because I wanna know what kind of condition this is, what kind of conditional sentence. If this obtains, if this is a correct reading, which I think it is, past tense implied, 
Then we're looking at a past simple, what would be called a past simple condition. And what's kind of neat about conditional sentences, you can look at my Koine Greek grammar chapter 26, is that they can be understood in base in terms of time frame. And each future time frame, present time frame, and past time frame have three different types of conditions. And the past simple is really a as a matter of fact, is, is a matter of fact condition. Um, it's describing what is, what 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 obtained in the past, like what is indeed the case uh, in the past. And so I think there's a pretty radical point being made here that uh, our identities in the past, which differentiated us, now are subordinated to the reality of this baptism. Because this baptism by the one spirit makes us all, we all, uh, enter into one body. And this means that we belong to one another. All right, so the last sentence here is ke, and here I'm going to put a box around it, a green box. Ke pantes, nominative, single underline that. En penevma. Uh, this I don't know whether it's um, nominative or accusative. I'll start with a single underline, but I'm recognizing there's a problem because you got two potential subjects. So uh, I'll hold off on there. And then I go to e potis themen. That I recognize as an aorist passive from potizo. It's an aorist passive indicative, first plural. We were drink, we're given to drink. Um, now, with verbs that are in the passive voice like this that um, have two objects in when they're active, like you can give someone something to drink. That's how this verb works. It, it has what are called two objects, the persons who are receiving the drink and then the object of the drinking itself. So when you have verbs that take these uh, recipients and then the object, when in the active voice, when they're put into the passive voice, the object is retained. And so it seems kind of weird that you can have en penevma, which I'm double underlining as the direct object of this verb, but it has to do with the what's called the valency structure of this verb that it normally in the active takes two objects, a recipient and then the object given to drink. And then when it goes to the passive, uh, what is given to drink is still specified. So um, it is indeed, there is indeed a direct object of a passive verb, and that seems kind of odd. So, and we all were given to drink of, or were given some, were given one spirit to drink. And so that's how I would translate that. Well, I hope you're finding this helpful, this constituent marking, and um, I'm Fred Long, and I look forward to having you listen and watch next time. Take care. Interested in growing your ancient language skills but not sure where to start? Glow's House can help. From illustrated readers and short stories to lexicons and grammars, Glossa House offers a variety of resources for beginning, intermediate, and experienced ancient language learners. Head to glossahouse.com today. Glossa House, language resources for the global community.